Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, January 26th, 2024. I am Dave Biddle. I'll be joined by Mr. Jonah Booker in just a moment. Jay Book and I have a lot of good stuff to get into. What a crazy, great month this has been so far for Ohio State. I say so far, it's not even over yet. Um, I don't remember anything like this. I'm not counting um, early 2003 when the 2002 uh, champs were crowned. I'm not counting early 2015 when the 2014 champs were crowned. Um, those are kind of off the table. But as far as just everything that's happened for Ohio State with the transfers coming in, with all the upperclassmen sticking around, with the hiring of Bill O'Brien and what that means, Ryan Day taking more of a CEO role, the boosters and the collective stepping up like crazy with NIL. It's just been such a great month, um, and we're going to get into it. Um, before we do that, I'm going to let you guys know once again about our great sponsor, Manscaped, and a great deal you guys can get. Roses are red, violets are blue. Trim your balls and your date will thank us too. What's up, fellas? Valentine's Day is knocking and Manscaped is the remedy for what the love doctor ordered. His prescription, the all-new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, designed to elevate your grooming game and shine like the heartthrob you are. Join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com. To snag 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS. And for the Bearded Kings, Manscaped brings you the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Designed to shape your scruff effortlessly, it sculpts cheek lines and maintains, maintains, beard style, maintains beard styles, giving you that suave look for your romantic moments. Seamlessly handling even thicker beards, it's the perfect tool for a polished, date-ready appearance get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code bucknuts at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code bucknuts because your grooming upgrade awaits ready to charm your valentine dates there we go gotta start the show off by making my guy jonah booker laugh what's better than that <laughs> jay book welcome in hey welcome man in. Happy Friday, David. Hey, we always start the show off, man. I, I started off with a smile on my face because those ads, they crack me up every time. <laughs> I'm here to entertain. Okay. What a great month it's been. I'm going to kick it to you first. What Of all of these great moves, what's been your favorite storylines, however you want to like categorize it? What's been your favorite move for Ohio State so far this month? To me, I mean, there's been so much positivity, you know, with around the program over the last couple of weeks. But my number one take, um, Dave, is the idea that at one point coming out of the Missouri game, it was kind of questionable. Like, you know, will some of these guys return now? Uh, will they say I'm done with this? But no, they rallied the troops and the entire, you know, pretty much besides Marvin and Mike Hall, they all came back. That, to me, has to be my number one topic, Dave, because that set the table for this team to potentially be the number one team uh, preseason going into the season. That set the table to getting all of your, you know, your big dogs back on defense to where you can now have a having a historic type of defense. If Ohio State wasn't all in with that aggressive mentality, I just think that maybe Caleb Downs goes to goes to Georgia because now you look at it and you can go to Caleb Downs and say, hey, we have all of these NFL pieces coming back. We had a top five defense last year. You are the missing plug to take us from really good to legendary silver bullet type of status. And I just, I just think that 
the culture of the program was taking a beating from people outside of the program, even the fans, Dave. And it speaks volumes to me about the culture at Ohio State when that many guys want to come back and take another run at Michigan, take another run at the Big Ten Championship, and potentially have a shot to win the first ever 12-team playoffs. Yeah, I think I'm going to kind of echo what you said. Yeah, my favorite, its it was so tough. My favorite thing is Ohio State, the idea now that they're all in on football. And people might be like, wait, what? Like, Ohio State wasn't all in on football? They really weren't. I mean, they it obviously was the main thing at Ohio State. But they're all in now from the hiring of Ross Bjork. Um, I love Ted Carter as president. And the NIL, how Ohio State, we're not taking a backseat to anybody right now. And just how that's been put on the pedestal. They made it clear at the press conference. Ross Bjork even said it. Football is now football is king here. I mean, it always has been, but Gene never said that. No, and I find that very interesting. That's my that's my favorite, and that has led to everything else, in my opinion. Um, so I think just Ohio State being all in on football, and that includes the boosters, you know, the collectives, the administration, everybody pulling in the same direction as we've talked about it. Ohio State can be extremely powerful, and that's what we're seeing right now. All right, what's your second favorite move? I I would. I would definitely say Caleb Downs, Dave. I mean, I, it has to be Caleb Downs because you and I came on the air last Friday, and at, at that point, all indications were that he was probably headed to Georgia. Um, even a lot of the Ohio State insiders thought that it was headed to Georgia. If you go over to the Georgia boards, they their insiders, you know, kind of spilled the tea leaves, basically said that his family was out to dinner with the Georgia coaches the last several hours. That then transitioned to him getting his paperwork submitted uh, to be admitted into the clearance uh, within the university, picking out apartments, and then boom, Ohio State pulls the rug from out on, out underneath Georgia. And, and I will say this, Dave, and I I have so much to talk about because I'm so fired up <laughs> right now. But the overall mindset of the program, I think, over the last month has been a major shift and what we've been seeing from Ohio State and Ryan Day. I felt, and I don't know about you, Dave, I can only speak for myself, I felt this program has been way too passive um, as of late, even starting from the top with Gene Smith. We've been saying for a long time, Ohio State needs to be more aggressive. They need to have that dog mentality from the top down that carries all the way from the athletic director all the way down to the equipment guy to where and the social media guys that, hey, we're Ohio State. Act like it. You swing a big stick, so swing your stick. And what did Ted Carter say? I want Ohio State to start flexing his power more. And once you start getting that from uh, the university president saying he wants Ohio State to start flexing their power more, I think that creates a shift in mentalities to say, hey, this is Ohio State. We're no longer going to be sitting on our heels. We're going to be attacking and we're going to be aggressive. And the beautiful thing about it, Dave, it has rattled the SEC people like no other. I mean, it has absolutely bothered people from all over uh, college football. If you have, if if you guys, I'll tell you, if you have 15 minutes of free time, go on to the Bucknuts message boards, which the VIP will give you access to every team's um, message board. You go over there, you go to Georgia, you go to Notre Dame, you go to USC, you go to Alabama, you go to LSU, you go to Florida, you go to Miami. Who are they talking about? Ohio State. 
And that's because Ohio State is making waves in college football right now. And the last thing that people want to see is the biggest fan base in all of uh, college football, the one of the top alumni bases, the power of the city of Columbus back in this program, all going in the right direction. And if that's the case, Dave, college football is going to be in trouble. That's why I expect some, some type of change is going to come as far as regulations because they didn't want to regulate anything before. But once Ohio State starts to swing that big stick, that's when you can expect regulation to come very soon. I love it. You, you nailed it. I mean, once once the SEC is like, what's going on at Ohio State? You know you're doing it right. You know, like doing right. it right in my opinion. I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying they're breaking any rules, but they're definitely all in on football, and I love it. That's, I mean, you can't be 80% in and think you're going to be what you want to be. So I, I absolutely love it. And I'm with you, man. I almost put Caleb Downs first. When I was first sitting down, that was actually – I'd be going against the, the rationale on standardized tests, go with your first instinct. So I was going to put that number one. But then I thought, man, I, I've got to go with just how, like, everything has kind of come together as far as everybody pulling in the same direction. Like I said, the money is there. Boosters are pissed off. I guess that's the good thing for, uh, you know, what happened with Michigan and everything. And, um, you know, we'll get to Harbaugh later, my friends. Don't worry. Jay Book and I are going to talk about that later. So I had to go with that number one, just like how now football uh, is king. Doug Lamarice and uh, Bill Landis did a great podcast on this earlier this week, how they just talked about that the whole entire time about how football is king in Columbus. And um, yeah, I think, and again, people from outside Ohio state fandom might be like, wait a minute, it's always been king. Yeah. But now it's like it's super king or whatever you want to call it. I don't <laughs> know. But I'm going with Caleb Downs second. I don't, after that, we don't have to go through like our top 10. It's, it's just crazy because like all the guys coming back, somebody mentioned Will Howard. Will Howard's a great one because if all of this happened, but you don't have QB1, what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to start true freshman Julian Sand, which I yeah, just another get. Like, so Will Howard, but all the guys coming back, Jay Book, JT. Yeah. I can't believe Denzel Burke's coming back. Good job by right. you recruiting him back, your Arizona guy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I credit you for that. But seriously, I, I don't even know where to go next. I, I want to just lump in all the guys coming back together. <laughs> yeah, that, that right there, I thought all the guys coming back, Dave, and kind of how they – kind of built that momentum where it was day after day they were kind of just releasing it. I'm back I'm back let's run it back the clip is reloaded I just think that that is something that really set the table for everybody to say all right we're all in here this is the best roster Ryan Day's probably going to have Dave um in his tenure at Ohio State I mean what are they saying on the outside this is a super a super team, superpower team or something like that. Uh, when you add in Junkins and you, you add in Jeremiah Smith into the fold. And that's another one, Dave. Talk about the beautiful thing of holding on to Jeremiah Smith and Edric Houston, who's already on campus as well. That felt like ages ago, and that was just last month <laughs> in December as well. And then we got Miss Sanchez in the house getting a commitment from five-star Devin Sanchez out of Texas. That's tremendous. You look at the way that Tim Walton's re recruiting right now. You can now comfortably say that Tim Walton is the de facto Brian Hartline when it comes to recruiting on the defensive side of the football because he is doing everything that he needs to do to make sure that that defensive back room is absolutely loaded. They had a really good junior day. They could be getting a five-star commitment this weekend out of the offensive tackle, Carter Lowe from Ohio. Now you're talking about getting those uh, big boys up front. So the momentum right now 
in Columbus, it's buzzing. It's buzzing right now. Hey, what what I say, Dave? The word is out down south that Ohio State's NILs back up, baby. <laughs> they got Ohio State NIL. They are making things happen, and it is creating panic in the south. And you, you love to see it, Dave. You love to see it. Once you know Lane Kiffin starts putting out the back signal to his uh, his boosters and alumni and say, "Hey, Ohio State's spending thirteen million. We don't got that type of cash down here in, in Mississippi. We need some. We need you guys to step up to the plate." That's when you know um, things are starting to go the right way for the Buckeyes. Yeah, I mean, Devin Sanchez committing uh, to kick the month off. That was awesome. Live on uh, NBC with his beautiful family. Mrs. Sanchez is um, watching the show right now in the comments section. Welcome, Mrs. Sanchez. It's just been a crazy month. You know what's interesting, Jay Buck? I think typically the hiring of Bill O'Brien and kind of what that represents, that Ryan Day has taken a step back and becoming CEO, like we talked about on last Friday's show, because that was fresh news that had just broken the previous day. Um, this is one of our rare Friday shows where there wasn't huge news that broke like the night before the show or the morning of the show. I kept waiting. Come on, Jay Book and I are about ready to go live. We need some good breaking news here. It's January. Come on. Um, typically, Bill O'Brien coming here as offensive coordinator, former NFL head coach, longtime former Penn State head coach, longtime offensive coordinator, NFL and college coming here, and Ryan Day taking a step back. That would might be the biggest story. That's like buried like beneath the fold now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Bill O'Brien, I know a lot of people outside the program, even some of the Buckeye fans, they scoff at it. Um, I'm going to tweet it out today. I watch a very, very good Penn State podcast, and some of their guys who've been around Penn State football, they did a very detailed breakdown on how good Bill O'Brien is and how critical he is in quarterback development. And that's, you know, kind of his forte and what he's going to bring to the table, which is a guy who's a veteran who has tremendous amount of play calling experience. He, you know, with his former head coaching experience, he's going to be able to also help Ryan Day in that aspect. Younger guys like Keenan Bailey, uh, Brian Hartline, he's going to be able to mentor them. The quarterback development, Dave, I think that's going to be the biggest feather in the cap for Bill O'Brien because make no mistake about it, Bryce Young had his best seasons under Bill O'Brien. You can make an argument that Deshaun Watson had his best seasons under Bill O'Brien. You go all the way to Penn State, Christian Hackenberg, after, after he was done with Bill, he was never the same. I will say this, Matt McGloin, Mr. Moxie, Bill O'Brien squeezed every ounce of juice that he could as far as talent from that kid um, that, you know, to put Penn State in position to win nine or 10 games. And some of the guys that um, on the Penn State podcast that I'll tweet out later today, they mentioned that Bill O'Brien really set the table for James Franklin to come in early on in his tenure to give that program an opportunity to win a Big Ten championship. Um because if it wasn't for Bill and his coaching job that he was able to do, that Penn State program would have been, um, you know, sanctioned to the dark ages there. But he held it together. You look at what he's going to be able to bring to the table as far as alleviating a lot of the duties from Ryan Day. I'm excited for Ryan because 
I'm ready to see him take that next step in his coaching career. I think this is going to give him the opportunity to really elevate his game as a coach there, really gets his, get his hands on the personnel, um, rotating in and out, making sure that the defense is where they need to be, even though we all have the trust in Jim knows that he's going to have those guys right. But I'm, I'm just excited for Ryan Day to really take that next step. And it starts with Bill O'Brien being able to come in there and help with a lot of those duties. And there's one more, at least one more relatively big move to make. A new coach. It's not official yet, but it sounds like Corey Dennis is going to move to more. He's going to stay with Ohio State, but he's not going to be quarterback's coach. He's going to stay maybe a support staff role. I'm not exactly sure, but it sounds like they're going to have a position open. For those who are wondering about Justin Fry, it doesn't sound like Justin Fry is going anywhere. He's out recruiting. Um, what do you think they're going to do with this final uh, coaching spot? You know, I was in the mindset like, hey, they're probably going to elevate James, but why, if that was the case, why haven't they done that just yet? Um, I, I, I would say there's a chance that you may see another coach from the outside being added because if James was going to be the, the last coach added, he's already right there. He's already right there on the recruiting trail right now. Now that you're down one coach, just say, hey, congratulations. Throw a post out. James has been elevated to a full-time coach and going on about your business. But that hasn't been done uh, just yet. So that kind of leads me to believe that there may be one more outside move coming um, from a coach that is not within the actual program. But if even if it is James Dave, home run, um, regardless, because I think James is doing a great job. Um, the Alfred linebacker out of Florida, I think James has his um, hooks out on him. He's a top five linebacker in the country, potentially could be a Buckeye there. Looks like he's getting a lot of um, love from a Buckeye nation as well as the current commits. And I just think that James is going to be an elite recruiter once he is on staff. But I just question why that hasn't been done already if it was already going to happen. We're getting my trestle linebackers back from the yachts, man. We got you know, James Laurinaitis entering his second year on the staff. He might be a full-time member. It sounds like he doesn't want to full-time go on the road and recruit. He might stay on as a GA. We'll see what happens there. But Anthony Schlegel back in a temporary role, work with the strength and conditioning. I love that. It we got to like, talk about that. We got to talk about that, Dave. Love it. And what I'm hearing here, I have an uh, item in the boarding house today about this. I've, I checked in with sources. Um as we know, it's not going to be – He's. it's a temporary thing. He's filling in for – my friend Dan Hope from 11 Warriors reported yesterday that Schlegel's filling in for one of Mickey's lieutenants who is you know has to take a little, little break because of a surgery he had. So Schlegel's up here kind of working on a temporary basis. And then the, the thought was, okay, then he's going to go back doing what he does. I'm here he's going to be kind of like the strength and conditioning version of an advisor. He's not going to – he doesn't want to do it full time. But Schlegel's going to be available to pop in and help out. I love it. Your thoughts. I I would love for him to be full time. <laughs> I, I would love because he brings that juice. He brings that aggressive mentality that I think, um, you know, was kind of missing. He brings an edge. And I will say this, Dave, have you been watching the Ohio State clips of them training? Did you notice the gray shirts? Yes, I did. Yeah, bringing that back. Yeah, they're bringing they're bringing it back um, from Urban Meyer, where all of the players they have just plain gray shirts. They don't have the Ohio State logo on there, and so what they're basically telling these kids, and they're bringing it back to the old Urban Meyer era when Schlegs and those guys were there. Is hey, you want to wear that block O on your chest? You're going to have to earn it. So right now these guys are they're working out in plain grays, and once they earn it, then they'll start getting the official Ohio State gear. So hey. They're going back to square one right now, Dave. There's no 
what did they say? You know, a couple years ago, it was kind of a country club mentality right now. The boys, they're on their grind right now. So I love to see it. R- refresh my memory. Cause that, as I, you know, as, as they've talked about, they did that in the urban area. They had the great, didn't it initially urban and Mick, weren't they having them wear like pink and they got like flack for it. So they had to change to like, can't wear pink. Yeah, embarrass the guys. Does that sound right? I think that I think, that happened. Yes, I believe so. I believe I do remember. I do vaguely remember that they did have those guys uh, wearing yeah. some pink initially, and then you know people were like, "Come on!" Uh, but yeah, they changed it to the grays and stuff. So I I love it. getting back to that grind. And here's the thing, Dave. And we've talked about strength and conditioning, and we've had Twitter spaces talking about strength and conditioning and boarding houses, and it's been talked about uh, frequently. There was a thought and there's a prevailing notion that Ryan Day kind of pulled the reins back on Coach Mick and said, don't go as hard. Um, I think those I think I think they're on cuff now, Dave. I think Day's at the point with this aggressive mentality and, and just telling those guys, do what you need to do to get them boys ready. I don't care. Uh, as long as you making sure that you take care of their um, health and safety, push them to the brink. Push them to where they don't think they can go. And if those guys can make it, then I know it's going to make them stronger. And I just think that the the mentality and the shift within the program, that's also going to carry over into the strength and conditioning room. And having a, having a guy like Anthony Schlegel there who understands, who was under Urban Meyer, who has always been that fiery type of guy, even under Trestle, having those type of guys within the program can only help. I still think they should use the pink, man. Why they shouldn't have uh, caved to PC pressure. So Iowa can have pink locker rooms for the visiting team, but Ohio State can't use pink jerseys behind closed doors. I'm kidding. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> it's just funny to me that they actually, yeah, I, now that I think more about it, I'm pretty sure that is what happened. They were using pink and then they got flack. They're like, okay, we'll use gray instead of pink. Right. Um, all right. Jim Harbaugh. I have mixed emotions about this. I've seen a lot of people say, um oh Ohio State fans must be thrilled about this right you know uh I'm not like I actually wanted Harbaugh to come back for another year maybe I'm crazy right I wanted him to come to Columbus and face this team um maybe I you know should be happy he's gone what are your thoughts on Harbaugh going to the Chargers just uh just to troll the Michigan fans Dave I'm going to start the propaganda that Jim Harbaugh ran out of Michigan so he didn't have to face this Ohio State team he, he I'm, you know, but all joking aside, I think he's been wanting to go to the NFL for years now. It was just a matter of time for an NFL team to give him that opportunity. He's earned it. But I agree with you, Dave. I wanted him to come to Columbus. But at the end of the day, I don't care who's coaching on the sidelines against Michigan. It can you you can bring back Brady Holt. You can bring back Rich Rod. <laughs> You can bring you can bring Lloyd Carr back to be an intern head coach. I don't care. Just beat that team up north. And as long as you do it, the fan base is going to be happy. I will say this, though, Dave, I don't I think the the rivalry will lose just a little bit of juice on that very last day of the season. And the reason I say that is because of the the changing aspect of it to where you can face a Michigan back-to-back seasons. You could potentially face Michigan three times. So even though you may have beat them in November, the stakes are still extremely high the next week or even higher for the Big Ten Championship because that Big Ten Championship could potentially be the rights to a bye 
in the 12 team playoff, which is huge. Any anybody that can get a bye in the 12 team playoffs, but I expect Michigan to have a major, major step back um, this year. I mean, if you're looking at it, what they're losing their head coach. The biggest loss probably is going to be the loss of Jesse Minter, their defensive coordinator, who's outstanding. You lose your starting quarterback. You lose your top rusher. You lose your entire offensive line from left to right. You lose a starting defensive tackle, a defensive end, your will linebacker, your your top leading linebacker tackler. You lose a corner. You lose your top two wide receivers. And you just keep going down the line on top of 44 seniors. And then you add in probably the hardest schedule in college football outside of Florida. They got Texas coming up there week two. They're probably going to get blasted to smithereens there. Um, you got USC. You got Oregon on the brink. You got Ohio State on the schedule. So that's going to be a very, very hard schedule for them. And you know what's going to happen. They're going to make Sharon more the fall guy. They're going to say Sharon is Sharon's fault. When in reality, this Michigan team was built to go all in this year, which kudos to them. They were able to accomplish it. But when you look at once the, all the smoke settles, the NCAA issues their ruling, it could be a long season up there in Ann Arbor. I still think they'll be in contention, but I don't think they're going to be anywhere close to what we saw over the last three years. I'm surprised they haven't made the Sharon Moore promotion official yet. I, I would think you'd want – if that's going to happen, I would think Ward Manuel would want to make that happen quickly so they can keep as much as many people as they can. It sounds like that's what's going to happen anyway. Maybe it will today. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's if you're Sharon Moore, I, I think you almost have to take the job because of the money. But, like, I'm with you. I, I don't see it ending well for him there. But I do think, you know, putting that aside for a second, I think Ward Manuel should make the decision soon so they can keep as many guys as possible. Yeah, they have to wait um, seven days. I think this is their Michigan oh. state law or something like that. They have to post a job and then they have to wait seven days or something along those lines. But I'm sure internally everyone knows that Sharon's going to be the guy. I'm sure Sharon's having conversations with the players right now and say, hey, I'm going to be the head coach. I want you to leave. I don't think you're going to have a mass exodus um, of guys that a lot of people are anticipating. But you better believe that some of the sharks are going to be in the water trying to pick apart that team. Um, but, yeah, I just think Michigan's going to take a big step back there. Um, and I'm curious to see how the NCAA comes down on them. Will they treat Michigan similar to how they did USC when Pete Carroll bolted right when the NCAA was getting ready to issue their ruling? Will they look at Michigan and say, hey, we were, we were coming to issue level one violations against Jim since he's not there somebody's going to have to eat these penalties or sanctions. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to actually play out there. And the thing about Michigan, Dave, is they did a really good job, and it was a unique situation uh, similar to Ohio State, convincing so many of their top players to come back. Once all of those guys leave, the difference is Ohio State has been recruiting at a top five level over these last several classes. So they've been um, stockpiling talent. Michigan hasn't recruited that well, Dave. Now they do a really good job in developing guys, but that takes time. If you're if you're you know in that 1920 range where they're recruiting, it's going to take a little bit longer for those kids to be playing at a high clip. So that right there could be another thing to watch because if they're not recruiting at a high clip, even after winning the Big Ten three straight um, times, going to the playoffs, winning the national championship, you're still recruiting in the 19s and the 18s. 
how much better is it going to get recruiting? Like you're winning right now. And if you start losing games and you start getting blown out on the field against, you know, Texas, Oregon, Ohio State next year, what will that do to their recruiting when the best that they can get, you know, is, is knocking on the door to top 10 when they're already winning at a high clip? Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's a great point because Ohio State, um, the guys that they're retaining, not only are they like accomplished college players, which is the most important thing, but those guys are a lot of them are former five star guys like Tui Molo, wow, number one player in the country, Emeka Buka, number one wide receiver in the country, Travion Henderson, number one running back in the country, five star guys that are all coming back. It is absolutely insane. Great stuff out of Jonah Booker. Let's hope we have Hold some up. more good news coming. Go ahead. We got we got to talk about NIL. Let's talk some Maybe, about, let's talk some NIL. Yeah, but we got to we got to give a um, shout out to the foundation and you know 1870. They're doing their thing over there and tip of the cap to the Ohio State fan base breaking the foundation servers because the donations have been flooding in so much. Um, I saw Tyvis Powell. He was talking to um, one of the 10 TV guys, and he said over at the 1870, their memberships have been going through the roof um, with donations. And um, they even gave a shout out to the foundation and said he talked to Cardell. And Cardell said that even with the foundation, um, their their donations and memberships have been going through the roof. CJ Stroud, massive donation to the foundation. Um, they did the matching dollar for dollar uh, that ended on Tuesday. So I'm sure that those those guys made a, a, a pretty big um, amount there doing the 50-50 raffle for the women's basketball game versus Iowa. And the, the crazy thing is, Dave, is the envy from all of the other fan base is beautiful to see. When you start seeing these fake stories saying that Ohio State has spent $13 million on the transfer portal, and you go to all of these message boards and people think that Ohio State's trying to buy a championship and they're now calling the Buckeyes the Yankees of college football. Dave, I used to pray for times like this, man. I, <laughs> I used to pray. You know, I used to pray for times like this. You remember when we had Brian? We used to do Twitter spaces with, with Brian Schottenstein and Cardell. And we were and we were just letting those guys have a platform. Um, we, we were just letting those guys have a, a platform to say, hey, we need better NIL. We need better support. We need the fans to donate this, 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 and, you know, complaining about what was wrong with Ohio State's NIL. And now to see where they're at right now, it is beautiful to see, Dave. I This is the thing that we were just hoping that Ohio State would get their stuff together when it comes to the NIL aspect, making sure that both 1870 and the foundation are playing nice together because it's strength in numbers, Dave. People's asking like, hey, where's this money coming from, you know, Ohio doesn't have the oil tycoons like you see down in Texas, but what they have is strength in numbers with the size of this fan base, the loyalty of this fan base, uh, a major metropolitan city in Columbus totally backing it, the, the Ohio economy backing Ohio State football. Once that starts going in the right directions and they turn on the faucet, it's bad news for college football, Dave. You're right. I've dreamed, you nailed it. I've dreamed of, of a day like this. You want to compare us to the Yankees? <laughs> that sounds good. Yankees of the late nineties when they were winning titles, not maybe not current day Yankees, but you know, I like that. I absolutely love it. Calls the Dodgers, calls the Yankees, whatever. Absolutely love it. They call us Yankees anyway. You know? 
I couldn't believe when I went down. I, I, uh, I'll tell a story. I, I didn't know that was still a thing till my friend and I went and visited these girls that we met in from North Carolina. And their mom, just matter of fact, was like, oh, these Yankees. She was actually really nice. They just like matter of fact referred to us as Yankees. I'm like, I didn't even realize that was still a thing, but it's still a thing. Um, right. That was a few, that then, was a few, that was a few years the, ago. The beautiful thing, Dave, is the Mich Michigan just won a national championship, and all they can do is complain and cry about what Ohio State is doing uh, as far as NIL, all the movements. They're like, if, if Ohio State won a national championship last month, Dave, I can care less what's going on with Michigan. You know, I'm I'm floating on cloud nine. I'm excited. I'm just like my head's in the clouds. But you go over to those Michigan boards, it's, oh, Ohio State's trying to buy a championship. The chips are, are all in. They're, they're setting the market for game-changing NIL deals, and there is no way Ohio State spent $13 million just on the NIL. They, they were able to fundraise money to maintain the guys that are currently on the roster. That's where the bulk of the cash is at. And then at that point, they were able to go and find plug-and-play guys that they think that can fit the system and help this team go to a championship run. It's no different than what Michigan did last year. What was that? The, th the uh, Those who stay fun or something like that, that Michigan was crowdsourcing, they were doing the exact same thing. Uh, they were trying to raise capital so that they can pay players on their roster to stay for another year. And then they want to cry and complain about how they having six transfer portals when reality, they had nine last year. Uh, you know, a lot of their key contributors last year were transfer portal guys. So the hypocrisy that comes from the Michigan fan base, it cracks me up, Dave. Yeah, I mean, if, if Georgia and Alabama and Michigan are all mad about what's happening at Ohio State, that's good news. I yeah. love it. What also is good news is Jonah Booker joining me every Friday. Jay Book, love it, man. Great stuff as always. I appreciate it, my friend. We appreciate all of you tuning in. Uh, we know there's a lot of choices out there. Really appreciate you guys making the Bucknuts Morning 5. Uh, a part of your schedule Monday through Friday. Thanks again to J-Book. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day and a great weekend.